Hello and welcome. You're listening to Voices from the Pews, the show that invites you to conversations with Catholics of color and those from communities of non-European origin so that we can get to know more about each other's faith, experiences, and stories. I'm your host, Lorna DeRose. Friends, thank you so much for being part of this podcast journey. I'm so glad you're listening, subscribing, and following Voices from the Pews. A huge thank you for the ratings and review on Apple Podcast. This helps spread the word about this outreach. Today's conversation is with speaker, writer, educator, evangelist, Michael Howard of Eat the Scroll Ministry. I hope you enjoy listening. Michael, thank you so much for being with us today on Voices from the Pews. Welcome. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So I'd like to ask you a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your family? Yes, I'm married uh, for 31 years uh, to Charlene Howard who is the director of spiritual life at Carroll High School. I'm excited about her new position and uh, working with the school. Uh, we have four children and we got, well, four grandchildren. One is on the way, so we're on baby watch right now. Uh, I've been doing ministry work for uh, like 30 years nationally and locally in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, started a ministry called Eat the Scroll Ministry. That's Eat the Scroll Ministry. Uh, eat the scroll that's taken from the book of Ezekiel. God spoke to Ezekiel and said, eat the scroll. Uh, Ezekiel ate the scroll and we finished eating the scroll. He uh, said it was sweet as honey, which is a metaphor for us to read the word of God, read the word of God and taste the goodness of God's word in our lives. That's wonderful. And thank you so much. I'm wondering, can you... Tell us a little bit about evangelization. That's a word that in the Catholic sphere, we are always a bit tentative about using. So can you tell us a little bit about what evangelization is and what it should be? Well, let me just say that where we get to confusion is that we don't recognize whether or not it's a verb or a noun. To evangelize is a verb. That's an action. We we take action in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, evangelization is the now, and we speak it up as in, in the terms of today, evangelization is important. And yes, today it is important. We should embrace the word evangelization, meaning that we see the fruit of our labor of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody, with all of God's children. It's a word that we're not familiar with. If you think back, evangelization is seeing somebody knock on your door. And Catholics are not typically going around knocking on anybody's door. That's the, the practice of other faith traditions other than Catholic. We typically equate evangelization to mission, mission work. That's why we have a lot of mission programs. Uh, so we kind of like started using the word evangelization in the early 60s, right after Vatican II was started. So 
And right now we have revivals, which is still for some Catholics, especially African-American Catholics. Revivals is what we uh, picked up from the Black church, something we've been doing for the last 30 years. But a lot of Black Catholics have never been to a revival. And if you ask them to go to a revival, they think you're going to a, a temp service or a Protestant church service. But revival is not about that. Revival is about everybody renewing their spirit, getting getting charged up for the, the, the mission of doing evangelization. And that's an important part of evangelizing is the renewal of one's spirit. I think of you know, Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul II, they talk about, you know, re-evangelizing ourselves, um, becoming more acquainted with our faith, getting to know our faith as part of evangelization. Well, I think we know our faith. If we ask someone, uh, a Catholic, about the tenets of the faith, they will say they know it. But do they share it? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are we comfortable with talking about our faith at the barbershop? Are we comfortable talking about our faith at the beauty salon or jogging or in the park. Uh, We typically like to put a mask on our faith and not share it because they feel that it's private. We want to keep it private. You know, my relationship with God is private. So Mm -hmm. therefore we don't share the story. But, uh, you know, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, peace, and power, and a sound mind. So we, we needed to stir up the gifts. I mean, that's why we get the confirmation, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They need to be stirred up. That's what Paul asked Timothy to do. Stir up the gifts that God has given you from the laying on hands. Yeah, that's very true. So stirring up the gifts. So once one goes to a revival and you have been revived. You have been encouraged to use your gifts to to share the good news. I remember having a conversation with someone, and I think the question she asked, well, it left me asking, you know, because she said that she didn't feel that she was someone that could evangelize, and she thought that that would be the job of sister, religious sister. Mm-hmm. And I said, but, you know, we're as baptized Catholics, we're all called to evangelization. And, you know, from her vantage point, that really, she didn't really feel comfortable with that. So how do we talk to someone like this who doesn't feel comfortable with the idea of evangelizing or evangelization? Um, How do we help them to come to understand that they are called as Catholics? We are all called as Catholics to evangelize. Well, I would say that we are all called to share our story. Mm-hmm. So what is our story? If we stop and think, if we're going to call ourselves Catholics, whether it's Black Catholics, Korean Catholics, or Spanish Catholics, in the Catholic faith, we believe that God is good. God is good all the time. And so there's some goodness in your life. And where, the, where did that goodness come from? It came from God. Where did that job you have come from? It came from God. Where's your salary? From God. Where's the, the, the blessings of the children? Come from God. 
Where is the breath that you breathe? It comes from God. Where is the mercy you have? It comes from God. Where is the grace you have? It comes from God. All these things come from God. And so therefore, I don't need no rock to cry out for me, is what Jesus said in Luke's gospel. We should not let the rocks cry out. We ourselves must recognize that God has been good to us. And so therefore, in that goodness, we share our story. For an example, you know God has healed your grandmother. God has healed your grandfather or someone in your family. And you go to work and someone else is hurting because they got the news that their loved one is suffering from cancer. Because you have experienced God's healing through your parents, you would want to tell somebody else the good news that God can heal your loved one from cancer. Or if your child has gone astray, there's nothing for us to stand up and say to a stranger or even a friend that God can help your son. God can bring your daughter back. That's good news. That's evangelization at its best. Knowing your story and helping someone with their story. Right. Bearing witness with your story and, and what yes. you've gone through. Taking yes. it to the personal. Well, you know, Lorna, you stop and think about it right now. If you turn your TV on and you look at the news, have you noticed how these two words are now being broadcast throughout the country, throughout the world? Breaking news. Breaking news. Mm-hmm. And right now, that breaking news, whenever they tell you breaking news, what happens? It's something tragic, something like urgency. Oh, you got to hear this. This is breaking news. You know, uh, six children got shot at the high school game last night or or, or, or the Florida, the, the hurricane. So we got all this breaking news, breaking news. But evangelizing is flipping that breaking news to good news. You've got to be able to tell somebody the good news. So when somebody say breaking news, I'm going to tell them good news. that We know that all things work together for good to love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. That's good news. And if they tell you breaking news, oh, uh, my child died with cancer, you need to tell them that God is a healer. That's good news. If you got breaking news, I'm going to tell them good news. That if God, if God, all things are possible. If I, I know I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm not preaching to the choir, but this is, this is good stuff here. If we're talking about breaking news, we've got to flip the switch to give our brothers and sisters on our job at the grocery store, at the parking lot, at the stadium, uh, at the school building. We must be prophetic and say good news. If God is before us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's very true. So when I'm thinking about evangelization, and I think of the Greek root of the word evangelium, which is bearing good news as, you know, so we're bearing the good news of the gospel to the people we meet, you know, by sharing our witness and, you know, just speaking prophetically, as you said, what do we know that our church teaches? Now, you were mentioning that um, Paul speaking to Timothy talks about stirring up the gifts. And, you know, he himself talked about, um, you know, sharing the good news um, with 
any and all the churches that you know we read about that he preaches to in in the new testament but what does the church tell us in regards to um preaching the good news well i think the first thing is that you have to be good listeners mm -hmm. uh, because we typically what happens and I, I i love the mcdonald example i'm sure you've heard it before that uh, mcdonald's when you drive up to your mcdonald's window they ask you a question what would you like to have? And you give them the order. And once you make your order, then they repeat what they heard to make sure that they heard you correctly. Mm -hmm. So they, 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 they are intentionally trying to listen to make sure they got the order correct. Mm -hmm. Well, listening is the first part of good news without being so quick to give your, what I call that, uh, your, 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 your plan answer. Right, your elevator spit, your elevator yeah, spiel. Your yeah. yeah, you give your elevator spiel. You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. The church teaches us to listen. Jesus was good at listening. And so when you listen, and then after you listen, you may want to say, you know, did I hear you right? That your your son is got was shot. You want to make sure because sometimes it's so tragic. What we hear sometimes, we just want to give somebody a can answer. So I think the church teaches us to listen. Then once we listen, we really do have to discern that the person may just be someone to listen, and for us not to say anything. Now, that takes a lot of strength spiritually. Because guess what? We won't always heal everybody. We won't always solve everybody's problems. But sometimes God just wants us to listen. And in your listening, you can be a good evangelizer. Now, the best evangelizing story that one could look at within the scriptures and from the church standpoint is that when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, oh, my God. Jesus talked to the woman at the well. There was a dialogue. There was a conversation. She was able to ask him questions. Jesus asked her for some water. Jesus said some things about what you need to do. She said, well, are you greater than our prophet Jacob, uh, Jacob, who built this well? And Jesus went on and told her, well, you know, there's going to come a time when you must worship me in spirit and truth. And then she said, wow, this man came and told me everything about me. Let me go and tell the community. She ran, she dropped her water bucket and runs to her community and start telling them, they come, just come and see about a man who told me everything about myself. And they came. And when they came, they said, you know, we no longer believe in you. We come to believe because we see it for ourselves. Good practice of evangelizing is to listen. And after you listen, you may just want to ask some questions just to be clear with what your, your, your friend or your stranger is going through. And then give them words of encouragement, hope. Jesus gave this woman some hope that there's a time coming where we can work, worship together in spirit and truth. Breaking down all racial barriers, breaking down all cultural issues. You know, she was a Samaritan and Jesus was a Jew. 
And through their dialogue, they broke down cultural differences. They broke down racial issues. And then what happened? Uh, uh, a whole community came to believe that Jesus was the Christ. Jesus broke down the men don't talk to women or women don't talk to men in the public. There were so many different barriers broken down. There was all that from that conversation, people were liberated. Mm-hmm. Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, I, I, as I'm imagining, <laughs> this has a lot of implications for us today, because you know, through that listening, through that acknowledgement of hearing that person's story that you're evangelizing. Sometimes we're too quick to let me tell you about where I'm coming from, but we don't take that time to hear exactly what that person's been going through, what they have seen, what they have heard, and what barriers keep them from Jesus. With that is the, the big word patience. You know? Yes. <laughs> we're so much in a hurry, you know, we don't want to listen to nobody who is such in a hurry. You know, we, we don't have time. Oh, I gotta go. Talk to you later. Gotta go. Gotta go. Voices from the Pews will be right back after this. Hi, this is Byron Lee of superblink.org. And if you're hearing my voice right now, you're most likely a big fan of podcasts. You might even be thinking about starting your own. If you're on the fence about that, here's some statistics that might help you make up your mind. Did you know that 55% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast in the last year? Podcasts are an excellent opportunity to take a deep dive into specific topics, interview people in your industry, or just chat with friends. For more information, visit superblink.org. Welcome back to Voices from the Pews. Is there an idea or a comment you'd like to share? Send an email to voicesfromthepewspodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 617-682-0885. Listening is an important part of evangelization so that we can know and understand where that person is in regards to their journey of faith. You know, and then we can begin that dialogue with that person, asking them the questions and perhaps giving them the encouragement that they need. Um, What else can help us to become evangelizers? Of course, praying and asking help from the Holy Spirit for guidance and discernment in regards to those relationships. But what else do we need to do? Well, we should have a pet scripture verse. In other words, we should have at least one scripture verse by memory in our spirit. We don't do that very well as Catholics, do we? No, 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 no. We don't do that very well. But we need to have one. Mm -hmm. We need to have one because guess what? Sooner or later, somebody's going to ask you for a reason why you believe. And that's from, you know, 1 Peter, Peter said, you know, always be ready to give a reason for why you believe. Okay? That's 1 Peter, I think it's 315, you might want to look that up. But it, it's, it really speaks to being ready to be able to give the good news. So what would be your good news right now? And you shouldn't have to search for it. You should always have it. You should, it should always be on your time. Even if you say, the Lord my shepherd. That's good news. You know, you ain't got to go any further than that. You know, if you want, you want to talk about knowing a scripture or a passage, and some people have a lot of passages that they have remembered or something that their grandmother has said 
or their father said, he might say, oh, I remember my grandmama. My grandma used to say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. And right then and there, you, you, we, you will be giving the good news to somebody. My grandma, these, you know, the first scripture passage that I remember came from my grandmother. She was Protestant. And she uh, used to say to me, son, what did Jesus say to Peter? And Jesus, uh, and Peter, and Jesus asked Peter, you know, who do you say that I am? That was the question that my grandmother told me. And I learned that she, Peter said, and you are the rock. That's all she wanted. And that is very powerful. That's all she wanted. Yeah. She, all she wanted me to say that you are the rock. And mm-hmm. from there, you know, that became a scripture passage that just, just you know, embraced me for years and years and years as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I got into the 20s, you know, a young man who wanted to cut my hair because I was wearing a bush back in the 70s. And he didn't, didn't know he was a beacon. And he, I sat in his chair and he said, go home and read Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. And I needed that verse so bad in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And that scripture verse stays with me right now. And every now and then I'll go to I'll go to his barbershop and say hello to him because I remember he whispered those words into my and, head. And and that was what you needed at that moment and at that time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Mm. They were both Protestant. Do you think they care they were talking to somebody who was Catholic? No. no. <laughs> they wanted to share the good news. And we as Catholics must have a pet scripture verse. We can no longer start. We, we, we need to stop this mess when we say, well, we don't know those scriptures. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, do say the Lord's Prayer, our Father. Right. You know that. And you right. know how to say Mary's Prayer. Come on now. Right, exactly. And, you know, even throughout the Mass, there are biblical scriptures, you know, that are, are that we are constantly hearing um, throughout the Mass, whether it's the readings, whether it's particular prayers, um, you know, even during the elevation uh, of the the host, you know, the, uh, the right, yeah. right here. But see, you know, it starts right before you even get into the first door, church door. You can't even get to the church door, girl. Mm-hmm. You cannot get to the church. When you go walking down that aisle, mm-hmm. the first thing you do, you sit down, you genuflect, and you make the sign of the cross. And guess what? If you turn around and look, you've already started quoting scripture. We are quoting scripture when we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are quoting scripture and the service has not even gotten started yet. So we have pet scriptures. We just don't know about it. We, we just, just don't, don't know about it. Yeah. We don't know about it. Yeah. We have, you know, and I think that's something that we can say about the church, the Catholic church as our, you know, our faith, there are so many things about our faith that we don't know. And that it, it's kind of like a beautiful hidden treasure that we have. Um, and, and yet, because of the lack of knowledge, other people can tell us all sorts of things. And we, you know, you kind of go and believe that because you don't know what you truly have as a Catholic. And I think you just spoke, you know, you just spoke the words from the book of uh, Hosea. Chapter four, verse six. 
our people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So what should we as Catholics do in order to be better formed, to be better, to know about our faith? We need to stop being lazy readers. Lazy readers. In other words, if you pick up your missile and you see a scripture verse in the missile that really inspires you, well, you need to pick up that missile, underline that scripture verse, and take it home and read the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. See, we, you know, we, we, we gloss over our reading so many times. We, we, we don't pay attention to the lecture. The lecture is reading the scriptures, and we don't even, we, 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 we kind of, oh, okay, that was nice. If you don't know what was read, why not look it up and go home and study? This is the important aspect of study, which is really why I was called to this ministry of Eat the Scroll Ministry. Study the Word of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So I think we really have to uh, look at, you know, becoming good readers of the scriptures and of the catechism. Okay, because that's our, that's, that's part of the, of the interpretation of scriptures. In the back of the catechism, there, there's, there's thousands of scripture verses there. That even if you have a question about a scripture verse that you don't understand, more than likely, you will be able to find out what the church teaches about that scripture passage in the back of the catechism that we have. Right. And, and then the catechism is a very, it's easy to read. It's not very difficult. And it can be very interesting and illuminating as well. Yes. Now, I'm just agreeing with you. That's all. I'm just agreeing with you because I, you know, even in the, the, the adult catechism that we have, the Green Book, they have the story about. You know, Sister Thea Bowman in there, uh, and some other African American um, individuals as well in the catechism. So the adult book catechism, the green one, I think it's the last one we have that came out, has different stories about uh, saints and leaders of the church incorporated within their teachings. So that'll help people become more um, inspired about, okay, this is not just dull reading. This is something interesting that we're learning about our faith. We're learning about others who have lived out their faith. Um, and, and that'll inspire, that'll help us. Yes. Oh. Now you talked about starting eat the scroll ministry and you were inspired to do that because you wanted to help others to learn more about their faith. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, it has to go with, you know, going back to being inspired by the Word of God through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, a little background, Ezekiel was going to speak to a, a nation that was hard as flint. And when the Lord spoke to me, uh, I, 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 this is what I heard in my spirit, was that I'm going to send you to a place where evangelization is hard. And... I just felt like evangelizing Catholics is hard. And only because I feel like some people are, you know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about, I'd rather for you to be hot or cold. Not lukewarm. Yeah, but lukewarm, I'll spit you out. And we just got, I'm just going to say, we got a lot of lukewarm Christians in the Catholic Church and in the Protestant Church. Mm-hmm. And so I know that evangelization is, you know, Biggest enemy is being lukewarm. Oh, I got it together. 
thinking that there's nothing else more that I need to do. That that's so far wrong. And so I started studying the Word of God, and I, I met up with the, the Paulist fathers, who incidentally put out a book called uh, Go and Make Disciples years ago. I was working with this gentleman with the Paulist fathers for a while, and then went to Xavier University, uh, the Institute of Black Catholic Studies, uh, then attended Washington Bible College, then I graduated with a master's with St. Mary's with the Ecumenical University in Baltimore. And so all my life I've just been studying the Word of God in different venues. And so with that, I try to present to Black Catholics and others as well some aspect of good news through Scripture and through spirituality. I'd love to go into different aspects of our spirituality who we are as black Catholics and who we are as individuals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, spirituality is also very important to me in my ministry. And as we think about going out and thinking about spirituality and you're going to be teaching a course in regards to black Catholics and black Catholic spirituality, as well as evangelization um, coming up in October. Yes, yes, yes. Um, LMU, Loyola Marymount University, has a new online continuing education program. And it's called The Presence of Black Catholics in the Church Today and Tomorrow. Uh, this will be a two-course program, and it, its target audience is people in the pews. Its purpose is to offer them resources for thinking about their own faith experience as Black Catholics and for how they can be about the task of evangelization from right where they are. And I just had a meeting with Bishop Braxton this morning, who is one of the speakers, and we had a great time talking about evangelization. So I'm looking forward to his presentation in this course of uh, five weeks, and then we also have Dr. Ansel Augustine, who will be uh, a guest speaker through Zoom, of course, uh, right now, we actually have people registered from all over the country. It's not one particular parish that's dominating the uh, enrollment. We've got people from all over the country, which will make evangelization exciting for me personally because it's global. Evangelization shouldn't just be one central location. It should be all over the world. And that's what we're doing. And so um, that uh, people will earn a certificate once they complete the two courses. And again, this is just to just to stir up the pot. That's all. You're, you're stirring up the pot. So you're you're borrowing from Timothy. Love Timothy. Love Timothy. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking about the Loyola Marymount course and Eat the Scroll Ministry. If someone is interested in learning more about Eat the Scroll or um, this new course that you're going to be teaching, how can they find out more information? You can look up Eat the Scroll Ministry, Eat the Scroll Ministry, one word, dot com. And I'll take you to my webpage. And uh, you can call me uh, on my cell, 301. 301- Seven eight five four three nine four, and you can also look up Loyola Marymount University in California, 
their webpage at crs.lmu.org. And we will get back to you as soon as possible. Or just do a Google search, Michael Howard, Eat the Scroll Ministry. And uh, once you do that, you'll find all of my personal information to get in contact with me available at those webpages. Right. That's wonderful. Now, before we, we end the interview, I'd love to ask you, you were talking about, you know, having a, a particular Bible verse that you can share with others um, as you evangelize. But do you have a particular saint that you have in, in a particular a devotion to? Well, they haven't made her a saint yet, Dr. Servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman. Mm-hmm. But because I met Sister Thea Bowman years and years ago, uh, that would be my saint. You know, if they're the devotion or anything that I that I'm devoted for right now at this point, because I know Sister Thea Bowman face to face, saw her, uh, touch her clothing, rub against her shoulder. Uh, I saw her look into my eyes, and I got a chance to hear her. Mm-hmm. She heard my cry when I told her that, you know, and this is something going back to evangelization, that we uh, had to urge to attend Protestant churches. I would go to the Catholic church in the morning time and get out and go straight over to the Baptist church. And she told me, son, you don't have to do that. You can shout, sing, and tell your story right here within the Catholic Church. And when she told me that, those words were like fire in my belly. And I started to see that I can do these things within the Catholic Church. And so with that, I stayed within the Catholic Church because of her testimony to me, her personal her personal testimony. testimony. And I think that's something she, she shared in so many different ways throughout her life and throughout her ministry was bringing ourselves, um, not a portion of ourselves to our faith, but our entire selves to our faith and sharing that gift that, yeah. that God has given us with one another. And that's the problem right now that we have. because The, the, the title of the course that we're teaching at LMU is The Presence of Black Catholics in the Church Today and Tomorrow. Our present includes bringing out our whole Catholic self. We bring grandma telling me, son, what did Jesus say? It, I can bring that to the Catholic Church. It, 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 it's, it's the barbershop man telling me that, that, that God says that all things work together for good and love the Lord. We need to bring that. We need to bring the island. We need to bring the, 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 the spices from our meals from across the country. We need to bring the dance, the clothing, the fabric, the music, the shout, the dance, all of that to the Catholic Church. And we can do that. Yeah. And that's all a part of how we worship and how we reverence God. Yes. You know, because if we look at the tradition, the, the, the you know, Black spirituality, you know, showing reverence can be through dance. It can be through, um, you know, the, the way in which we express ourselves through music. Um, and, you know, and that's only skimming at the surface of that. But, you know, that is to say that um, there there is so much that we bring 
to the church and to our faith. Yes, and God continue to do it. Absolutely. And we want to encourage people to do that because I think a lot of people feel that they are uncomfortable bringing that to the church. They don't know that there is space within the church for that. Yes, yes, there is space for that. Pope John Paul II said, Dear brothers and sisters, your Black cultural heritage enriches the church and makes her witness of universality more complete. Now that's coming from Pope John Paul II. That was in 1987. Yes, yes. And so if he said that, why not let, let us live out his vision? <laughs> let us be, let us you know, bring forth his prophetic word and, mm-hmm. and, and do that and bring our gift of blackness to enrich the Catholic Church. Absolutely. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to allow me to speak to you and, and you for sharing about evangelization, about your ministry and I'm hoping that folks will be in touch and learn more about Eat the Scroll as well as your course at Loyola Marymount. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I know God's going to do some mighty things with this ministry and that uh, God's not finished with us yet. You know. From your mouth to God's ear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with Michael Howard from Eat the Scroll Ministry about evangelization and what it means to evangelize. Michael felt called to eat the scroll in the same way God called a prophet in the third chapter of Ezekiel. He ate the scroll and it was sweet as honey. Today, we too are called to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. It is essential for us to continually feed our faith with the food of the Word and the Eucharist. But it does not stop there. We are to invite others to do the same. To find out more about Eat the Scroll Ministry, go to the show notes at voicesfromthepews.com. Share your thoughts about this episode by sending an email to voices from the pews podcast at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail at 617-682-0885. Like or follow Voices from the Pews on Facebook and Instagram. A very special thanks goes out to Michael Howard from Eat the Scroll Ministry for being with us today. Thank you for listening to Voices from the Pews, produced by Lorna DeRose. Audio editing and post-production by Byron Lee. Music composed and performed by Andre Louis. Social media assistance provided by Jacqueline Brunash. Web hosting provided by Beyond the Brand. Connect with us at VoicesFromThePews.com. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening.